2: Welcome everybody to another episode of Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. And today. Today. We have. Have. Our executive director. Director. That's right. That's right. Finally. Finally.
1: finally, The Rock has come back to this building.
2: No, it's not The Rock. Oh. No. And And I'm not in that building either, so. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. We tell you to talk when you talk. (laughs) Something like that we have him via satellite satellite yes i knew you were going to say that so bill fry joins us today and bill hello, a- hello
1: long time fan long time listener turned executive director, director the possibilities are endless with this podcast just by listening and giving your two cents you can become a prime premier executive in this company in this podcast
2: Okay, I was going to say, I didn't know we are a company yet. It's Brotherly Love Enterprises. Okay. Worldwide. Worldwide? Okay, good. I'm glad you <laughs> clarified that. So we're going to start today's show, we're going to kind of bounce all over the place, uh, kind yeah. of year-end and decade-end uh, episode for Brotherly Love. You know how fucked up wrestling has been over this past year? We're going to be just as, if not more,
1: fucked up than this past year. Yeah, and we're going to cram it all in to a nice, teeny, tiny, nicely wrapped package of an hour and 45 minutes.
0: <laughs> well, God, in, an extra hour and 15 minutes, and we have an episode of Raw. So,
1: <laughs> Very true, and <laughs> only 55
2: of those minutes will be filler commercials. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, we're going to start off with what Bill has come up with, and we're going to let him run with this. So, Bill, what did you come up with? Why don't you just tell me what you came up with?
0: <laughs> so, in this instance, I came up with the 10 Bill Salute. It's our in memoriam for the year of 2019. So, this year we've lost a lot of people associated with wrestling that uh I think we need to recognize and uh, a lot of situations. This is, so, this
1: is going to be sad?
0: No, it's not going to be sad. Okay. So, it's a it's a celebration, if you will. Okay. Uh So, Ashley Massaro and Harley Race, obviously we lost them. Uh, King Kong Bundy and Mean Gene. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pedro Morales. uh, Rick Bogner, uh, who everyone knows is fake Razor Ramon, or as I like to call him, Scott Fall.
1: You know, it was was funny that, not funny, but ironic, uh, kind of shitty timing, that it was about a week or two before he passed that we were talking about how great it would be if... Fake Diesel and Fake Razor Ramon came back for it was it was one of the anniversaries was it an anniversary show? We said instead of having uh, their normal fucking DX bullshit, they had yes. Fake Diesel and Fake Razor come out. Yes. Yep. Well,
0: funny enough, the NWO is going in the Hall of Fame this year, and the replacement Razor Ramon passed away at the same time yeah coincidence
1: <laughs> are you saying that was a plot against him
0: i will not say anything
1: because it seems kind of random if that's a plot against bogus razor ramon <laughs> like <laughs> what the fuck would you b- plot against that for all right is that do you have more to your 10 bill so yes. Okay, yes yes i'm not going so, to change it yet
0: so further in memoriam
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh always like to remember uh Jim Ross's announcing career, uh, <laughs> that finally died. Um, my ability to see after watching the Lars Sullivan videos. Oh, um,
1: you willingly watched them, though, so that is on you.
0: They were on Twitter. I wondered why Lars Sullivan was trending, and it ruined my life. Um, the Dallas Cowboys season,
2: yeah. rest in peace. Yeah, um, that's a very happy one. Ring of Honor. Ouch.
0: Well, at least it's a respectable wrestling company.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> Joe's Singing Privileges.
2: Whoa, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. The, this is peace. news to me. That, that, that went, went out the window? We're done?
0: Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're done with that. That's that's out the we window. We
2: are never done.
0: That, oh, my. It's eight in English if you didn't have talent or charisma.
1: I have way more hair. That's all that counts.
0: Very true. Very true. Um, Larry's speaking privileges, uh, those got revoked at the end of last episode, if I remember correctly.
2: But, I mean, wait, wait, wait. To to be fair, I gave them up. I mean, they weren't taken from me. I kind of just gave them to you, so. Okay, I'm, well, there's still, I'm rest willing. in
0: peace. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, okay. And Silver King. Uh, that that uh, about wraps it up.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like it. Yeah, good job, Bill. He did his homework when he was coming on the best podcast that has ever been created for the wrestling purposes. And I've lost all train of thought. (laughs) So (laughs) we're going to cut to the next segment, which is Larry's
2: duty. So have at it. My (laughs) duty. My duty. Yeah, so I think what we're going to do is just look back at whether it's, I mean, uh, it's definitely going to be this year because WWE has kind of dropped the ball over the past couple years, but go back the entire decade and see what some of the best and ten, worst. Ten. Ten.
1: Ten. Oh my god. Ten. That's how long a decade is.
2: Okay, thank you. Years. In case to the Leightners. <laughs> to the lay person, not Leitners. Who the hell's Leitner? Christian Christian Leitner? <laughs> Christian Leitner? What yeah. It's how okay. the saying
1: goes to the to the Leightners, the family, that's who you have to go through when you say things.
2: Okay. You did not know this? No, but being a uh, Villanova fan, I love it. So, okay. But let's go to the top moments or the worst moments of the decade. Um, we can go, Bill. I'll let you go first. You said you had one right away.
0: Uh, definitely. Um, best moment, uh, Sean Taker, 26.
1: Yeah. That was the one end of an era match, correct? It was uh, the end of fucking... Shawn Michaels era? Yes. The yeah. sexy boy era? Yeah. Yep. Even though he came back, but still. That was yeah. still the end. Did he really come back, though? Unfortunately, yeah. Did he really come back as the Shawn Michaels that we all grew up loving?
2: No. No. Well, So he didn't depends. really come
1: back. He just made an appearance in a foreign land that just so happened to be on a network. He didn't really come back.
0: So, So here's the question. Are we considering a foreign land as part of canon – for storytelling, like how NXT wasn't really canon for main roster for so long.
1: What kind of canon are we talking about? Nick canon? Are we doing an episode of Walden Out?
0: Hey,
1: you know what? If you want to have a rap battle, let's go. Oh, my God. Only if Larry beatboxes. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> Looks like we don't get that rap battle.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Very
2: safe saying that, by the way. Uh, I, I know my limits, and I know my co host <laughs> So I'm going to pick another one and um, probably and I'm going to go from WrestleMania as well. And I'm going to go Daniel Bryan Yeslemania because this was by far one of the best moments in wrestling that I've ever seen. It was period. one of the
1: it was one of their best build-ups by like it's, it, it they tripped backwards into it but it all came together and fell together right.
0: Yes. Well if you're going to say Daniel Bryan at Thirty, you have to say Kofi.
1: Yeah, and that's the on Kofi the list. title win. That's it's, on the list as well. But I think Brian's was done better, and it—I don't want to say it meant well, more, but it definitely had the stronger. Shelf well, that's life also and because, because mm-hmm. it
0: Kofi's was Daniel Bryan 2.0. It yeah. was the exact same build. Exactly. Step for step, the entire way.
1: But here's the thing: what Daniel Bryan did was creating he created a Austin type moment a catchphrase that will go down in history and never be forgotten the yes chant because it's transitioned into uh major league sports and now it's on commercials and whatnot it's mainstream yes the yes movement is mainstream and unfortunately Kofi he's his didn't go mainstream his didn't crossover so do you
2: have a moment from the past
1: from decade? the decade
2: yeah. of wwe or of all wrestling um, i mean or... if you have one for all wrestling absolutely well i mean we're not just strictly of my favorite yeah just a it's top...
1: pretty much what got me back into new japan would be the trilogy of kenny omega and kujitsuke okada
2: yeah that's a very good one yeah mm-hmm Did I butcher the first name?
1: (laughs) I met... It was coming out. In my head, it was right. In my mouth, it was wrong.
0: That was another... That's a Lars Sullivan quote if I'd
1: never heard one. (laughs) I knew that was going to get dubbed over several times. Yes. I'm here to contribute to the show in many different formats, but yeah, Okada (laughs) Omega, it's what... It it was the different style. It was the anti-WWE. It was the pure wrestling. It was the going an hour long every time and still wanting everyone, everyone wanted more after that. It was like, what hasn't been done? And I don't even know how long.
0: I think those could be considered the purest form of wrestling that you could look for. Uh, WWE is so entertainment that a lot of times we don't get that pure wrestling. Like, NXT tries to do that, but they incorporate more entertainment than, say, an NJPW or even AEW to a point. NJPW just basically said, hey, listen, you don't need to pay attention to the weekly stories. Uh, Just watch this hour-long match that makes you freak out every five minutes.
1: And everyone will... And once the... the the build is there, and the what's the word I'm looking for there? The storytelling? Not the storytelling. Climax? The, not the climax. More like the, the the anticipation. The okay. It's all there, and then the overpouring support from all of the fans that gets you even more invested in it. Yeah, that's it. It, it hit. It was like something that they struck mm-hmm. iron, and then they kept. They struck gold. I guess you can strike iron, too, but striking gold is probably better. They struck gold, and then they did it. They didn't overdo it. They overdid it, if you were to look at it in a WWE format, Mm -hmm. but they didn't overdo it because it wasn't overproduced. It was just two guys went out there. They let it tell in the ring. Look, it transcended languages. Okada doesn't even speak English. Yeah. So... You didn't have to be like, oh well, I need them to tell this great story with promos and whatnot. It was all there. It was just there in the ring. And I think that's But I think
0: I think as well with that is another part we could do of the decade is the emergence of the Bullet Club. Being the elite, do you think anyone would be as obsessed or go out of their way to watch an Omega Okado match if there wasn't being the elite and Kenny Omega becoming a superstar at the same time as becoming an internet sensation with BTE. Yeah, Cause well, at this point they, they just went completely off the rails and granted they took what WWE tries to do and went completely over the top, but they pulled it off in the same way Matt Hardy pulled off with the broken universe is they went so over the top, and they knew that it was over the top and were giving it to you anyway.
1: Well, here's the thing. What they did and what Matt Hardy did never felt like it was forced and overproduced. Everything that the WWE puts out always feels like it's overproduced. And you know that it's... Overscripted. Overscripted. And they just lean heavily on their writers. When you see Matt Hardy in the middle of a field talking to a canoe trying to... Dilapidate a boat. Dilapidate a boat. I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> for everyone else that doesn't know what it is, trying to reincarnate his brother after throwing him into a lake, that's not scripted. That's not over-scripted. That's fucking beyond insane. Bizar- yeah, it's <laughs> beyond bizarre that it actually works. Yeah. Same thing and with being being elite. They, they went out there and they had fun. They were all really good friends. They knew they wanted something different, and they knew that they had the audience that wanted them to do something. So... They put together this, the audience ate it up, it spread, it got a lot larger than probably what they anticipated, but it did, and it got rapidly popular, and it helped build what you're seeing right now with AEW. Like There is no AEW without the Elite.
0: And I think, honestly, part of the problem is that, part of the problem that I have with AEW, I like and enjoy AEW, I watch it every week, you know. Same with NXT, but the thing that got AEW to be such a big deal was being the elite and them – what they did. And it feels like sometimes they're getting a little away from what made them so popular that they're trying to basically – if they took like a being the elite and stretched it to a two-hour show – or did some of the being of the elite segments during the show? I think people would invest a little bit more, but because being the elite is separate, then why not just watch the YouTube videos and then get highlights?
1: No, that makes sense. Incorporate some of their show, but I think it's also them not wanting to be the whole show because they're already involved in every match that's being televised mainly. And then they are, Backstage segments and whatnot. So if you add the being the elite stuff, they're the damn they're the whole show. And now your roster that's already low as it is and kind of uh, saddled a little bit. Now you don't even get to show them because you've had them on for two hours.
0: Well, what I what I was more referring to is put the people that they don't know as much on the, in the matches. You- no, on the matches, and then have like of being the elite segment like, like in the so show
1: have them like, less involved in the in the matches in because the weekly yeah
0: because let's be honest they're putting Kenny, Young Bucks, everybody, Lucha Brothers, Hangman, Neville and Moxley in ev- every match at this point yeah they're going to run out of dream matches so on so forth
2: yeah absolutely that
0: That they're basically blowing their load early. And I think that if they took a step back from wrestling and focused more on character building in the back, like did a being the elite segment where say the young bucks, um, are with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and you know, they had a, a moment like a being the elite moment in the back. And then had that go out and have a match. That would build them up a little bit more, and it prevents the young bucks from being overused in the ring.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Well, I mean, the other thing though, I'm going to move to one, and I wouldn't say it's a, it's like a worst, like one of the worst moments. But surprising? Yeah. Well, absolutely, probably one of the most surprising things to come out of the decade is the streak ending. The feeling that fans had, and I know myself included, it felt like your sports team just lost in the final seconds of the final game in the playoffs. It was that gut wrenching feeling of, holy shit, it actually ended. It was actually over. I can tell you personally when I was watching this with my father
1: that he went, he was in utter disbelief and said it several times because he likes to repeat himself that didn't just happen that did, that did what that did not just happen there's no way that just happened yeah. he didn't just fucking lose i said i don't know i think he just lost but i'm in shock as well so it was it was one of those fucking like i don't still it was hard to believe like four or five days later like yes. did that really just happen
2: yeah absolutely
1: are we really – like, that had to – there had to have been a mistake. And then there was people throwing out the, the like, oh, Taker couldn't go anymore, so he ended it himself.
2: Yeah, there, Which, there's a lot of theories, but, I mean, it, all in all, it it wasn't the person that I would have picked to end it because I think you could have built that person up a lot more and not have that person win the title what do you mean, and then build disa- that disappear. Build that person up more. He wins the title every time he comes back. <clears throat> yeah, but it, it – does absolutely nothing for him that he beat the streak. That that doesn't contribute to it. Oh, it just contributes to he's another first ballot Hall of
1: Famer. <laughs> I ended the streak, first ballot.
0: Well, if you think about it, that that mania had the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. Yeah, that
1: was yeah. that yeah. was the probably was, one of the most unforgettable manias. Just yeah. for but those the, two moments alone. Yeah.
0: Funny thing is, those are the only two things I remember from it.
1: <laughs> yeah but that is a that's like it no because you also had Daniel Bryan beating Triple H well to get into the match. that
0: was part yeah. of that
1: yeah that yeah, storyline the Daniel oh,
0: Bryan storyline and the Taker Brock storyline is
1: that's almost it, two and a half hours worth of show right there <laughs> that's all that, I really need to know of the eight uh, yeah well of no the they eight. weren't eight back then the no, only, that, they were only eight that's true. recently That's true. that was more like a six hour show yeah but still that's more than two thirds
2: yeah <laughs> Bill, you got one? Uh,
0: I think honestly, if we're going to talk about developments of the decade, it would be the emergence of mainstream indie culture, um, whether it be AEW or an NXT or GCW or someone like Alex Zane getting you know notoriety across the world. The It's the golden age, a new golden age of wrestling, I think. I think that as much as WWE kind of was it, the monopoly, we're starting to see the emergence of indie wrestling into more mainstream, so much so that even WWE created an indie show, NXT, And then you get matches like Gargano Cole or Gargano Champa or Gargano versus fucking anybody, like (laughs) (laughs) like Velveteen Dream. I mean, yeah, Velveteen Dream. I mean, there's the emergence of this indie feeling. Yeah, and then even UK NXT UK. I mean. Who would have ever thought we'd see Pete Dunne versus Walter in WWE?
1: It's very true. Yes. It's
0: the emergence of indie culture into a more mainstream wrestling media.
1: And trying so, to develop them into still have their indie type feel to it, but give it a more mainstream look.
0: Exactly. And even so that it's even crossed over into what the main roster technically What everybody thinks of. Well, Vince hates it. Yeah, but you see things like Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was one of those indie wrestlers.
1: He was an indie darling.
0: And now he's one of, if not the top guy going right now.
1: Yeah, arguably one of, if not the best in all of the business.
0: So at this point, and surprising so much so that you guys were able to get an interview with him. I mean... I'm I'm proud as the executive director. I'm so proud.
1: And you didn't even have to pull any strings. Yeah, I know, that, exactly. That was, that was great. I didn't
0: I him. didn't have to bring a box of wings to convince him to to join in.
1: And that I took full credit of. <laughs> <laughs> you don't bring the wings and get to take the credit there, Director. That's my job.
0: Hey, I was wearing a brotherly love t shirt.
1: Yeah, he thought Go. you were part of the show. What the fuck? Well, I mean,
0: well, now exactly. I am.
1: Yeah. Well, now, you are officially now one of us.
0: Yeah. And I was actually executive director before that happened. So,
1: yeah, I, you weren't really directing anything at that point,
0: though. No, 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 I really wasn't.
1: You were just sitting at home collecting the paychecks.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the zero dollar paychecks yeah, exactly. that you mail me every paychecks. week.
1: I said, I put a, I made a donation in your name to the Human Fund.
2: Dude. Nope, nope, nothing. Uh-oh, no, oh, you don't get God. it. No. You're fired. <laughs> You're not. Uh, nope. Uh, nope. Uh, I hope there were other listeners that actually got that I, and are I'm just sure, as mad as you are.
1: I'm sure there are. I'm
0: sure there are.
1: God damn, that was a wasted fucking quote. <laughs> anyway, so the emergence of the indies into mainstream. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with something that I absolutely hated. I fucking loathed of this past decade and that was that piece of shit 40 man Royal Rumble in 2011 that that jerk off Alberto del Rio won did you the final two of that fucking Royal Rumble were Del Rio and Santino That's all that that needs to tell you about that and god- it should damn-
0: say something that most people were cheering for Santino.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. And that is fucking hard for a fucking Royal Rumble Santino getting the world title shot. I mean, God bless Santino was a great character in WWE. He was entertaining, but for the world title, that's what the two the final two were. That that whole 2010, 11, 12 it was at 13, 14 15 it really wasn't 16 17 <laughs> 18 I I can't
0: 19. I can't I can't agree with that because 2011 we had CM Punk Cena Money in the Bank in Chicago
1: Yeah the the weird part about that was is that every other pay-per-view it was either thrown between Punk, Cena, Del Rio, I think it was Edge in there too. Edge was probably in there too. Maybe Batista, but there was only a few top dogs. Orton. It wasn't like the the roster was.
0: Well, it was the after effect of the SmackDown Six. I mean, yeah. you you built the SmackDown Six throughout the aughts, and they moved them to Raw. So they tried to build up new stars and didn't want to give them the top top billing. That's why CM Punk left, and then Edge got hurt. I mean they had they basically had to build from
2: scratch and they, at that point that's why they suffered
1: yeah so now what they're doing is they're just loading up on everyone and they'll never get to that point again because they're. but there there will always be a point of where they don't feel like they they can push someone that's how it always feels in WWE there's always like there's always that moment like whether it be Cesaro like oh my god they're getting, he's got steam the crowd is really behind them, but they're not going to pull the trigger. Rusev. The fucking guy had a Rusev Day chant everywhere he fucking went, and they couldn't pull the trigger.
0: I I agree with that. And actually, that's going to lead into one thing that I hate, okay? Go for it. It's Vince McMahon's bias about putting fat guys in the Hall of Fame, okay? We haven't seen fat Vader. Guy
1: in a little coat. We, we haven't seen Vader. We girl. haven't seen
0: Bam Bam. We haven't seen King Kong Bundy. None of these guys have what been. Who was the in, first one? Vader? Vader. Okay. Vader, Bam Bam, King Kong Bundy.
2: But. Big his, Show uh, Ethan. Wait, 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 wait. Big Boss Man. But he wasn't. Well, uh, yeah. he, he was did a go big guy. He? He's a big guy. Yeah, He's well, a big but, guy, but. but Yokozuna. Okay. He was, he was the fattest okay. of the fat. <laughs> <laughs> he really and, was. And I'll give you one more. But he's part of the lineage. He's part of the well, bloodline. And that and that's the guy I was going to say next is Rikishi. Okay. okay. So Granted. To the, to the Granted. Plague, but they are part of the Samoan dynasty, so that might be your exception to the rule.
0: Yeah. yeah. So. But then you get the same same things with you know why isn't Kevin Owens getting pushes? That throughout the entire decade, Kevin Owens was one of the most over people on the roster and would get shafted into things. And then he would take the worst gimmicks and turn them into gold and still would not get – I mean, granted, they gave him the title win when Triple H screwed over Seth. but
1: That's only because Balor went out. Yeah,
0: yeah. and then what happened after that? He had that – Goldberg match.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's all you have to say is he the so, job out to Goldberg. And look at look at
0: the festival of friendship. I mean, he he basically took like I'm granted Jericho could get anything over, but the two of them combined was what probably one of the best runs a duo has had in WWE over most of the decade.
1: In that decade, yeah, probably, yeah, for, probably sure. for that decade, yeah. So I mean, Team Hell No had a pretty good run. Yeah. He
0: did. He did. Yeah. But that was also that was before the decade, though. No, wasn't. Brian won, won, won at won WrestleMania 30. 30. That was what 2013.
1: 2013. Was it? Yeah, Team Hell No was before. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Debut. Debut September 10th of 2012.
1: Okay.
0: okay.
2: Yeah. All, right. All right. Yeah. So Joe was actually right <laughs> on this one. Ah. Uh. <laughs> So I got, I'm going to put a couple together, two or three together, just to move this along because a lot of them are the same, in the same vein anyway. So we got cash-ins, Money in the Bank mm-hmm. cash-ins that made an impact. And I think the, the first one we have to talk about is Edge because he kind of started it. He started that coming out of nowhere and really being the catalyst to the cash-in on John Cena. No one expected it, and everybody hated it at that point. And then, aside from Edge, you have Ziggler cashing in, which is, what is one the of the
0: loudest, loudest top best, five pops.
2: Yes, best moments in, in Raw, period. That pop, and every everyone loved that. And then probably the, the most recent one that was the best was Rollins cashing in at Mania with Brock and Roman. I mean, to the top three. Easy. <laughs> Here,
1: I'll t- Easily. I'm will i going to take a spin on that and say what I don't like. Mm-hmm. I don't like that they made it a pay-per-view. Okay. I liked it more when it was on like a regular show, like When it was on Mania.
0: Can we? Can I take that one step further? Gimmick pay-per-views in general. Hell in a Cell matches mean nothing anymore.
2: True. Yeah.
0: Um, I like Elimination Cell.
2: Chamber though as a pay-per-view.
0: Yeah. Okay. Granted, Elimination Chamber as its own pay-per-view, sure. But when actually, I like
1: them better when they were on SummerSlam or. St. Uh, well, Valentine's Day. Well, yeah, part of
0: yeah. the problem with Elimination Chamber is each time it, recently it's followed a Saudi show. So
2: yeah.
0: it's and Mania, Saudi show, then Elimination Chamber. At that point, it, it doesn't mean anything because you know they're going to keep the title on somebody. You know?
1: Yeah. It, they, the, the, the
0: only surprise
1: was Bray. Well, here, yeah. here's one thing that I think all of wrestling has gotten away from is the element of surprise. Is it they've completely oversaturated it or they've overdone it or they've ran out of ideas on how to do it, but the element of surprise, I mean you have the Hardy's return at Mania, you have AJ Styles debut at Rumble, and what are some other
2: really memorable uh, Sting's debut in WWE? So the Bray, eight, the fiend, the fiend, yeah. I think though, well, and by the way, all those were on the list of the best moments in the decade because they were so good, especially Styles, like you said, the Hardys. That has to be. I mean, if we are doing this in numerical order, one or two, one or two, yeah, and then no lower because it was one of those moments, just like the streak. It might be oh, yeah. the streak and the Hardy Boys. That might be it, like it's one two. Now I don't know how you would rank it, but. To up top? Yeah, I think so, as far as top in the decade.
1: Like, they've really, they've gotten away from it, though. Maybe they don't want to overdo it, but I feel like even in matches or even in weekly television, there there is not, it, you know what's going to happen. There's always, it's always going to be the same thing. Maybe not this, well, maybe the same well, matches every single week, but there's, the element of surprise is pretty much.
0: And notice just, that it, some, some of the, of the best, best, best moments that we talk about, about, are about are moments really like that happening, like, One of my favorite moments from Raw over the past decade, and the reason I remember it, Finn Balor's debut. He beat Roman Reigns to go into the title match. Who would have ever thought Finn Balor would show up and get drafted and then beat Roman Reigns in the main event of Raw? Yeah, very true. At the height of Roman push, Super Roman.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. When it comes to matches, everything feels like it's all very very predictable doesn't mm-hmm. seem like they want to they don't want to stray away or they don't want to deviate from their plan or whatever the fuck it is or they don't believe that whoever's in that other position really deserves the push but they're just going to put them there just to make you think that oh yeah we're giving this guy the time of day or this girl the time of day but and i think really, a, go
0: ahead i think a lot of the problem is finn Balor. Finn Balor. That, that that not, not Finn himself, himself but that, that they gave him that push, push and then he got hurt. Got Kevin Owens, Owens started getting a push. Kevin Owens, Owens got, push, got hurt, had double knee surgery, and, and these people getting hurt. Sasha getting hurt, getting hurt at the height, height of, of you, know, you know the boss.
1: Seth kicked that off by getting hurt during his exactly uh, uh, yeah his title reign. Yeah, that, did that flip over powerbomb the cane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then, then he got hurt again after that. So they put it on the reliable ones that don't really wrestle, like Brock.
2: You know, I'm going to add one more to the debut that we didn't talk about. And because this this list, and or whatever we, we want to call it, is predominantly WWE because AEW has only been a company for a year.
1: Not so, either.
2: but, well, I mean, in two days, a year. Or one day, I'm sorry, one day, a year. Because they announced it yes, on New Year's. But they didn't start. But the debut of John Moxley. There was so much speculation, and we we talked about it as well, what that video was, if it was WWE, if it was his own, where was he going, what was he doing, and then he shows up. And it was one of those top moments because you did not expect it, and a la Scott Hall through the crowd um, walking down in in the event. It was great. It was a surprise. And, I mean, as an AEW (laughs) AEW marks – freaked out because whoa whoa, whoa. You, get, you labeled them a
1: e w marks. How are we <laughs> ever going to get new listeners when you're fucking tearing down the community? Look, I'm not hey, saying Hey, we I just didn't, need that guy
0: it. in Zimbabwe to start tweeting now.
1: <laughs> He's already gotten in contact with me. He says we're doing a great job and he can't wait to get to the states to meet us.
0: See? So, I guess I'll have to arrange a flight.
1: flight. Prestige Worldwide. There you go. Or whatever the fuck I said to the guy.
0: Now, funny enough, you bring that up, but it ties into our previous thing with Balor and Rollins. Dean Ambrose got hurt. Yeah. Or John Moxley. Yeah, Whoever you want to call him. Yeah. So John Moxley shows up, powerbombs Kenny, biggest debut, gets hurt. They can't have the match at their first big pay per view.
1: They made up for it though with the I think that helped with anticipation because they were Going at it, way they were going about that way too quick. I think they they jumped the gun a lot. That AEW, they just go like if. I mean, I I get why they Jericho won the title because he puts the most prestige on it, but to rush into the matches that they've already rushed into, like Proud and Powerful debuts, they automatically get a shot at the box. Well, yeah, I guess that's because the roster is not big enough yet. Mm-hmm. But now they're they're gonna stifle themselves because they don't have a big enough roster and they have they know who their top talent is so yeah their top talent's gonna be facing their other top talent
0: mm-hmm. and I, I part, part of me worries that anybody who eventually does take out Jericho is going to get slandered by the by the crowd because. As much as people talk about oh you're putting your title on Jericho, the old you know, an old man kind of wrestler speaking of PCO, um you know, you you, you you put your title on this type of wrestler, but he's so over and he's got that you know, that cool heel cheers, you know, we are idiots chance kind of thing going on that whoever takes the belt, it has to be somebody that already is established to do it. And that's part of the problem is you can't bring somebody up that's unestablished to take it because they're going to get shit yeah. on.
1: Yeah. I Personally, I don't think it's going to be Moxley. I think it's going to be Omega. And I think it should be Omega. Because they didn't – I thought – Originally, that they were just going to put the belt on him right away as it is, but I like that they didn't. But I think he's going to be the next.
2: Yeah. Oh, and you know what? While we're, I mean, we're not doing our typical show of this week in wrestling and rumors and all that, obviously. But while we're still talking about and it. I think I know where you're going. Thank you. Um, that w- WWE, AEW has announced this week that the rankings, the win loss records, all that will be cleared as of January 1st and start over. Every year. I want to take that back. I didn't think you were going to go there. I thought you were going to go here where I'm about to go.
0: So three months of booking out the window.
2: Yeah. Um. But you know what, though? I'll, I'll, not to cut you off, but we were just talking about this on our show before, or, or two shows before, whatever it was, that how could we or how could they build stars into the title picture? Mm-hmm. And we were saying how Joe was saying, well, do you want to just keep seeing the main guys up there. Well, now, as much as I I beat down on them for not having this structure and not sticking to it or keeping enough guys and getting them the wins, now you can do that. Mm-hmm. Because now you can do, use the year of building and getting different people, different records, and they kind of fixed the problem that they had, which is great. It just makes that company a little bit better now, and it makes sense.
0: Granted, but it's... One of those things that I worry about when it comes to this is they're going into this season idea of each year is a different season, you know. So I'm worried that that's going to end up as meaningless as seasons of Raw or seasons of SmackDown. It's the 26th season of Raw. No, does anybody really, other than Raw 25, does it matter?
2: No, or? that's that's more the television the channel that they have to do that. I think, I don't think that's yeah. And uh, at least for WWE
0: for, for them, what I'm wondering is I wonder if it would be better for them if they were to do kind of an off season where they would do like middle of December to middle of January, a month off and then kick off the new season because then that builds that anticipation. You use, being the elite, use other forms of communication to build up to the debut of the new season rather than, you know, oh, we skipped a week and it's a new season.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I a- mean, we've, we've talked about that before, about how there should be off seasons just to, well, yeah. mean, to give the wrestlers a break, be uh, the less is more approach and the uh, Lee fans wanting more. Absent heart
2: grows fonder type bullshit. Exactly. So I'm going to actually add a couple lows because we've been talking more of the the actual good of the decade. And you really want to bring us down. I really do. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I got the executive director who's our third favorite heel, and then I got you who's a heel. So I got to feed to somebody. So I'm going to start off. (laughs)
0: Lars Sullivan?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I mean – Sure, the, he can go in there as well, <laughs> but I was thinking more of the 2015 Royal Rumble in our city in Philadelphia, and the winner of that Royal Rumble, close second to the Del Rio win, is Roman Reigns winning, and then WWE trying to cover their ass and bring out The Rock, like that would settle down the fans in Philadelphia at all. Nope.
0: And The sure Rock I'm got not. shit on.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For the first time in a long time, and not on purpose. Either. And not because of him. No. So I mean that was a very very bad moment. What's funny though is that the year what
1: was it the year before that when Batista won yes. and it was Roman and Batista. The yeah. The fans <laughs> Wanted Roman to win because they didn't want Batista to win. Yes, exactly. And Batista got booed. And now we don't get fucking Royal Rumbles anymore because we boo the people that they want on top. (laughs) So they give it to places like Arizona because those stupid fucking Arizonans will fucking eat up anything that fucking WWE chews up and spits in their fucking mouth because us fans are too fucking smart for that bullshit.
0: No, I think it's more so along the lines that Arizona has fucking nothing to live for. Have you seen their state? Well, there goes our It Arizona is literally fans. just desert. So there's
1: three fans and in Arizona are now gone. All because of our executive fucking director. <laughs> fuck and his em. Big fucking mouth. I want your ass out there flying up the fucking I cars. just
0: gained 40,000 Philadelphia listeners because I said, fuck Arizona and fuck Dallas too. <laughs>
1: We don't even have anything T-pop. against Arizona. The Phoenix Suns haven't been fucking relevant for fucking twenty five years.
0: I actually feel really terrible because they really don't have anything to live for and I just shit all in their state, so uh
1: I mean they got nice weather, good golf, yeah. bars, good campuses. I mean yeah. they have some stuff, but their sports teams are abysmal.
0: Yeah. Oh well yeah. yeah. Well I mean <laughs>
2: You live and you learn there, Arizona. Next time, don't take our fucking Royal Rumble. (laughs) All right, so I have another one, and this one is fairly recent. Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, Backlash 2018. Oh, when the fans walked out because that was the main event
1: that shouldn't have been the main event because it wasn't for a fucking title? Correct, yes. A horrible, horrible look for WWE. And that was the last time the fans in attendance had a spine. Because they had something there, they were the voice, they could have kept that mentality, but nope, they bellied up, they folded, they said, oh, we're we're, we're, we're fucking tough guys, we're so fucking tough, we're going to walk out, we're going to do it every fucking time, we don't get what we want. And guess what, the next pay-per-view, everyone stayed in attendance, because you're all fucking sheep. But, do you know where
2: Backlash was held? For that event. Cincinnati. No. No, it was held in fucking, uh... <laughs> you're, you're thinking way too hard about this. It was New York. No, close. Jersey. Yes, it was held in Prudential Center in New Jersey.
1: Those fucking New Jersey people, they think that they're so fucking tough and they got a fucking spine, they fucking think that they're going to be trendset. Hey,
0: hey, hey, w- let's back off the New Jersey people. Just because their states shaped like an armpit doesn't mean that we can trash them all the time, okay?
2: Speaking
1: of trash and armpits, that fucking state stinks. <laughs> it smells
2: like a fucking fart. It smells like a wet fart. That's a good segue because I got one more. Someone's wet farting. Yeah. Undertaker Goldberg wet fart 2019. Super If there showdown. was ever a fucking wet fart of a fucking wait, wait, match, it was wait, when Goldberg
1: un- fucking knocked himself unconscious and then dropped the Undertaker on his head.
0: Wait, Undertaker wrestled, wrestled Goldberg? He wrestled. <laughs> yes. He wrestled. Yes, Undertaker, the Undertaker
1: wrestled Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah, go me. <laughs> This well, is what happens when the executive the show, director wants to, once we get past the 50-minute mark, anything goes. Now I'm fucking, I'm,
2: I don't know. <laughs> His, he, he, we went into this with a sore throat, and he's, he's sucking down cough drops I'm, like they're too, Skittles. I'm two fucking
1: cough drops deep. I got some fucking Mucinex in me. I got two bottles of water. I'm hydrated. I'm ready to
2: go. But he said he, his voice wasn't going to last three shows. But,
1: yo, it started to go during our last show. He seems pretty good now, though, as everyone can see. See,
0: I should have provided the pens.
1: <laughs> the pens?
2: I provide my own pens here. <laughs> so I, I think uh, we're going to close it out with that right there and end it <laughs> in the pens. <laughs> Depends on what? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't get it
1: someone explain to me what the fuck is going on.
2: Let's put an end to this shit show right now. And a good way to end the year would be this for he's
1: a jolly. Is that how you do it? No. Old Lang Syne. Um, I'm not going to answer that. Bill, you have any, uh, closing remarks, closing statements from, yeah. Out in listener land.
0: Well, since uh, I didn't provide the Depends to catch the uh, diuretic coming out of Joe's mouth as much as it's coming out of his ass since he's sick, I think I'll... Uh, I will i have
1: stomach issues, though. It's just my throat my cough. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. Will,
1: yeah, uh-huh. Do they make cough Depends? What does this Depend on? Keep going.
0: I will say this. Everyone, have a great and happy New Year. Um... Except maybe Joe. Um, Um, That's okay. But hey, I said in the in memoriam, and he only sung like twice in the entire show. It was a miracle. It's a Christmas miracle.
2: He's trying to egg me off. He is, absolutely. Why would you say a thing like that? I still want to know what this depends on.
1: Because him singing is what draws in the viewer. Well, listeners. Listeners. We can only see each other
2: for the viewer part.
1: My voice transcends audio to visual you can see me singing even though you're just listening i believe the children are future teach them well and let them lead
2: the way suck it bitches we out we hope you enjoyed the show if you're still listening thank you so much and uh we'll be talking to you in 2020